you know, when I got sober and made an amends to my older brother, one of the things that I remember him saying, like, Donald, you know, there was just always something wrong with you. I just heard what I needed to hear. And that hope, man, my, my disease does not stand up to hope. You know, I wanted to just stop being angry about one particular resentment. And like secondarily, it would be nice if I could stay sober and stop drinking. And in return, gotten a life I genuinely want to live. Now, if you are feeling maybe like Alcoholics Anonymous is a good place for you, I think, you know, give us a shot, right? Like, what do you have to lose? Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast with your hosts, Michael L. and Lee M. This is a show where we provide experience, strength, and hope through interviews with members of the recovery community. The show is not affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, although you may hear them mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Today on the show, Donald H. from Reston, Virginia. Before we get to the show, if you're listening on a podcast network that allows you to leave ratings or comments, we'd love to hear what you think. Will help us expand the reach. We hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, Lee. How are you? Good morning, Mike. I'm doing great this morning. How are you? I'm well, thanks. What's going on today? So today is March 12th, and uh, very excited to have with us here today Donald H. He's from Reston, Virginia, and he's here to talk about a day's plan. Fantastic. Well, Donald, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Terrific. Well, would you would you introduce yourself to the audience? Who who are you? Where are you from? What's your sobriety date? Sure. Yeah, my name's Donald H. I'm from Reston, Virginia. Uh, my sobriety date is July 26th of 2015. Great. Well, we start the show out in the same way every day. We ask the guests to read the daily reflection for the day. You have that handy? I do. Okay. So March 12th, a day's plan on awakening. Let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. That's from the Big Books of Alcoholics Anonymous, page 86. Every day, I ask God to kindle within me the fire of his love, so that love burning bright and clear will illuminate my thinking and permit me to better do his will. Throughout the day, as I allow outside circumstances to dampen my spirits, I ask God to sear my consciousness with the awareness that I can start my day over at any time I choose, a hundred times if necessary. Hmm. Love that. So how does that resonate with you, Donald? Well, yeah, it, it definitely resonates with me. Um, this is a prayer I say that I've said every morning for, you know, five and a half years or so, the idea of, um, you know, asking my higher power, I choose to call God to direct my thinking, um, you know, especially that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest and self-seeking motives. Um, this is a part of a reading that I was given um, with the sponsor I did work through the steps with. Um, and, you know, I was directed to read this every morning and I did for probably two years. I know I remember first hearing this kind of a thing and just thinking that was like a superpower that uh, you didn't have to just stay pissed off about whatever was currently going on and whatever was definitely about to happen. You know, that was kind of the way that I typically, you know, dealt with my business was like, I'd wake up and I would just be angry. And I wasn't sure what I was angry about yet. But like 100% was going to find out. You know what I mean? And then as soon as that was over, it was going to be on to the next thing. 
Was that in sobriety? You know, it was definitely in early sobriety, but it was also, that was primarily what was going on, I think, before I got to the rooms. Um, I really only had the courage to feel angry, you know, and I think like my general base code was to be agitated. There was always just a sense of like things being sort of unsatisfactory or like that there's something I was missing um, or that I needed some type of outside validation or some type of something external that was going to, you know, be that missing piece that, you know, if, if I just had this, if this were, if this circumstance just went my way, then I would be okay. There, you know, just a fundamental sense of insecurity that I needed outside circumstances to conform to my agenda, essentially. And I love the idea here of just how false that really is. And that, that is my experience that, you know, I don't need anything to change for me to be okay. A lot of this goes to just acceptance for me that if I'm able to focus on, um, you know, redirecting some of that like selfish and self-seeking energy to, you know, instead of what can I take, what can I bring? Where can I be of service here? You know, and really what is it that I need to accept so that I can move on to being, you know, to trying to do God's will, not my will, essentially. Do you think that that anxiety that you're talking about or that sort of restless, irritable discontent need you defaulted to out there was why you drank? That's a really good question. You know, I think in my time in recovery, I have come to the conclusion that I drank because I drank, like full circle. You know, I was going to drink no matter what under whatever circumstance, no matter what, you know, whether I was celebrating, whether I was unhappy and disappointment, uh, out of boredom, for whatever reason I was going to drink, it was pretty much always what I thought um, ultimately would add excitement or, you know, be the, you know, lubricant to that next missing piece. Like whether it was just, Hey, I need to drink to feel more comfortable in a social setting or to like meet people at a bar, you know, or, or just because I'm like watching a baseball game, you know, and it's going to be three hours long and what else am I going to do? But I think, yeah, like it was sort of just a gravitational pull. I mean, my idea was always ultimately going to be that I better change the way I feel. And alcohol did that very effectively for a while. I think so. Yeah. To answer your question, I think that I do think that drinking gave me an opportunity to address that baseline anxiety for a while, but I don't think that's, I mean, I I didn't drink initially to get rid of that. I realized that it went away when I drank. And then I definitely felt like, oh, wow, you know, this is what, this is what I should feel like. Like, here's a sense of peace and ease. Um, Here's a, a sense of like being a part of, and, you know, a sense of gratitude, honestly, and just um, a feeling of, yeah, just of hopefulness that was really short-lived, um, definitely really short-lived and came with like pretty aggressive consequences. And and yet, um, you know, it just always felt like it would be something that would improve whatever was going on. I think after I had that drink, you know, it was just always going to be my solution until I couldn't do it anymore. Can you Can you talk a little bit about some of those consequences? Like what happened to bring you in? Yeah. Well, so what happened was I spent several like years after college, basically like moving further and further away from my friends and family and putting distance in between 
you know, the relationships in my life that mean the most to me. I failed up a lot, I think, early on. Like, I went to law school for a year, realized that it was really difficult to drink the way I wanted to and be responsible for, like, learning the law and also just having a sense that, like, hey, you know, if I actually be become a lawyer, like, this is going to be a really difficult balancing act. And leaving there and leaving that responsibility so I could do what I wanted really felt... It was amazing because at the time, a lot of people were like, wow, there's, it's so courageous of you to leave here. And I'm like, you know, this wasn't really like a courageous decision, I don't think. But then, you know, I ended up like in, in sales and that certainly, uh, I was able to do what I wanted in that respect. And it was, uh, I, it was an environment where I was able to definitely uh, tailor that more to, to drinking. And yeah, what happened was basically I got to a point where I was... I, the drinking had stopped working a while before I stopped drinking. I was looking for, like I kind of mentioned in the beginning, like I was looking for someone, something to fill the gap that just really, that to like take away that sense of just unsatisfactoriness. That's like a strange word to use. But, you know, when I got sober and made an amends to my older brother, one of the things that like has most resonated with me is he, I remember him saying, like, Donald, you know, there was just always something wrong with you, <laughs> which is true in a literal sense that like, you know, I'm an alcoholic, but also like what, what I think he was saying is there was just always something you were working on. And I guess I got to the point where I started realizing that all of the things that I thought would be helpful were not helpful. And I got a lot of the things that uh, I was excited about and it didn't change anything about how I felt. And you know, the relationships in my life were like based on more and more insecurity and, you know, uglier kind of power dynamics and less intimate. You know, I was miserable, miserable, um, and so angry. You know, I woke up on July 26th, 2015, and I like deleted all the horrible text messages that I'm sure I sent without reading them. And you know, I called a friend and, and basically said, like, look, I am thinking about killing myself. <laughs> and he said, great, you know, why don't you smoke some weed? And I remember thinking, like, that's not going to help, you know, which is the first time I'd ever had that thought. And he said, okay, why don't you stay? Like, where are you? Stay there. Let's have this conversation in person. And so he picked me up and, like, took me to the hospital you know, I got really honest with a bunch of doctors there and it was like a really painful, obviously painful full day of like describing what my drinking and drug use looked like and um, what I was, what was, I was thinking about. And they said like, you can leave here of your own accord and go to this wonderful institution called Holly Hill. Um, or we can call the cops and they can take you there. <laughs> so make your, you know, make your choice. And I said, no, I'll go, you know, my buddy will take me. And so he drove me there and I was supposed to uh, go to like the psych ward and, you know, they didn't have a bed for me, but there was a bed in the detox uh, section of this <laughs> hospital. And so, you know, I, I slept there. I woke up the next morning. I remember a nurse asking me, like, what are you doing here? You know, some version of like, what's a nice guy like you doing in a place like this kind of a thing. And I said, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. That, what a nightmare. And, you know, that day, 
a 12 step group brought a meeting in and, you know, my calendar was wide open. And so I decided to sit in there and I heard a guy share a message of hope, you know, that I hope to never forget. It was unbelievable to listen to this guy talk about like the the depth of where his disease took him and, and yet the hope that he had in his life, the certainty in the solution that he was offered, his ability to like show back up in his life and be of service to other people. And the fact that he's at this hospital at all, you know, after the story that he was telling, I mean, it was unbelievable. And they left. And I remember like one of the counselors was like, well, you know, what did you guys learn here? And I put my hand up and I was like, I'm an alcoholic, (laughs) you know, like a, a thousand people told me that before, you know, I made that discovery, but it just clicked. I just heard what I needed to hear. And that hope, man, my, my disease does not stand up to hope. Do you feel like you were? That was a beautiful story. It never ceases to amaze me the power of one alcoholic, you know, sharing with another alcoholic and the healing power of it. And, you know, it just constantly reminds me how important it is to show up and do the service, you know, and do the meeting. And who knows if that guy was tired that night or what, but he showed up and it changed your life. Like, that's huge. So then what happened? Did you start going to AA meetings? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that that guy shared was that um, at his, I think he was a member of Narcotics Anonymous. And, you know, the statistic that he used, I remember him saying something like one in 17 people will get sober and say sober uh, that that show up there. And um, I remember like looking around the room at the meeting and just thinking like, oh my God, there's 12 people in here, you know? Um, and I have to do whatever it takes to be that, that one in 17 and boy, those are bad odds. And, you know, I, like, what's it going to take? I, I really just had the gift of desperation from hearing that on. And so I basically just begged those people to let me out of this hospital. And, you know, they, I told them like, I'm going to an AA meeting as soon as I get out of here. And I made a plan to do it. And my roommate drove me there and, you know, I sat down and yeah, like everybody was laughing and having a good time and they all knew each other. And, you know, the sense of camaraderie in that room was like, not what I was expecting. I was totally overwhelmed (laughs) with the idea that there could be a group of like, this was a young people's meeting too, which for whatever reason, you know, I've not really spent a whole lot of time in, but it was like the perfect first place for me to be. And, you know, uh, somebody came up and you know, hey, are you new here? I was like, yeah, is this AA? <laughs> you know, and a group of people came over, and I think one of the first things I heard was like, if you want this to work, you need to get a sponsor, and you need to work the twelve steps. And um, you know, I remember asking, like, are you a sponsor? <laughs> because you know, I I, I need this to work. Um, <laughs> and I, it's amazing too, because looking back on it, like that guy did everything that you know the working with others chapters tells us to do. I mean. He talked to me about what my drinking looked like. And, you know, it was like, I, to this day, I look back on that and just think about how lucky I am and how lucky we are that, you know, this thing really does work. Because when I heard that, like, he had been where I was, you know, that, that sense of like, oh, okay, you know, this, this could work for me, right? I believe that you know what I'm talking about was like one of the first amazing, you know, just pieces of grace I feel like I've gotten. So you mentioned that you kind of always felt this this anger and this ill at ease. Do you feel like you might might have been born an alcoholic and just kind of drank your way into it? Hmm. You know, I have 
alcoholism definitely runs in my family. And, you know, I have no idea really, I, uh, you know, there, I have no like authoritative stance on whether it's true that it's genetic or not or whatever. I, I think I've heard that it can be to be on. I don't mean to be dismissive of the question. I just, I think it that, that doesn't matter to me really as much as just the fact that I know that I am <laughs> because it, I can easily get caught up in, and, I, and in early sobriety too, like even in spite of things getting like, you know, amazingly better, like just, you know, in my ability to show up and like do my job or, you know, across the board, really, it just became so much easier when I wasn't like constantly hung over. And I remember like three days sober waking up and thinking like, oh my God, I don't have a headache. Like I just had a full night of sleep for the first time that, and that I can remember, you know, so, and, uh, it, you know, there's so many of like those kind of, uh, periods of like relief that build up in there. But even after that, like before I had worked through the steps you know, I had every way of kind of looking at like, is the, is this really, is this really something I need to do? And, you know, maybe I just have like, uh, some other type of psychiatric thing that, got touched off by this, or, you know, maybe I'm bipolar, maybe I'm something else. And I think what I've come to find is that, you know, it's just not safe for me to drink, like, period, end of sentence. And, you know, may, yeah, maybe, maybe it's genetic, maybe it's, maybe I was born this way. But yeah, I, it, I definitely know that I am an alcoholic. So the reflection says, every day I ask God to kindle within me the fire of his love, so that love burning bright will illuminate my thinking and permit me to do bet to better do his will and not the day as I allow outside circumstances to dampen my spirits I ask God to sear my consciousness with the awareness that I can start my day over anytime I choose a hundred times if necessary I'm wondering what part did God or does God play in your recovery and and how was that you know what was the process of figuring out what your higher power was to you how did that play out in my understanding today, like, you know, I told you sort of the story of how I got here, but now, you know, my understanding of this is really like three months before July 26th, I got on my knees and I prayed to a God I didn't believe in for help. <laughs> and, you know, really that to me today is the start of my journey into recovery. The whole process like has, it's really evolved over time in terms of like, just having the gift gift of desperation just to do the work. I, I came in really, really with a fire under me, just knowing that like this, I have to, I have to do this. And and yet I definitely like, you know, my first sponsor moved. I had to get another one. I ultimately worked through the steps with my second sponsor. And for a while, like he was definitely my higher power, just getting guidance from him on what to do in different circumstances. I mean, I would come to him with complaints about the most random, random things. And, you know, he'd hear me out across the board and like uh, so many of the, of those times he would just say, you know, Donald, that's really not a big deal. And at the end of it, when he would say that, it'd be like, okay, cool. You know, so my, my first like practice in kind of starting my day over was just listening to this guy, you know, share his experience in different circumstances and like kind of redirect that ping pong you know, sense of like, of baseline anxiety and worry. And he was just always like, you know, I, I don't know, you don't need to worry about that. That's not a problem for now. And so just kind of having that model to me early was really important. And then I remember like doing my fifth step with him and 
you know, really deciding before that, that there were a number of things I was definitely not going to tell him about, even though I'd, you know, I'd heard in meetings, like make sure that, you know, the only thing that matters is that we're thorough and honest. And, um, I listened to that and thought like, okay, cool. Yeah. But you know, these three things are certainly not going in there. And, um, and then, you know, at the end of it, he was like, okay, what are you not going to tell me? And they just came out, you know, and that kind of unburdening, like I, I distinctly remember driving home from his house and like looking up, you know, this is in North Carolina and in, uh, July in the summer, there was like a full moon at like five 30 at night. And I just remember seeing this, seeing the moon and being like, Oh my God, like I am right in my right place. All I do all day long is think about myself and like, look at how insignificant those concerns are by comparison to like the reality of what's going on here. Like, you know, I, I don't know. There was just something about like seeing the moon that day that I was like, wow, like this is really pitiful that I'm choosing to live, you know, this self-centered um, life. It's so sad. <laughs> and, um, you know, just from there, like really having the sense of like having told my whole truth to somebody and being able to like still get that love and acceptance back from him. You know, I've been, I've had like the, honestly, the privilege of being able to do that with other men in the program. And there's something about, you know, I remember sitting down with somebody and reading through um, We Agnostics and at the time really thinking like, when I first read that, I was like, wow, this is one of the best pieces of argumentation that I've ever read. You know, like it was anticipating all of the sort of like, yeah, buts that I was coming up with. And then I remember like reading it with... <laughs> with the first guy that I went through the steps with. And, you know, I'm like trying to position myself on this bench so that he can't see me because I'm realizing like, oh, this isn't an argument to me anymore, right? <laughs> like I believe this and I'm realizing that I'm like about to definitely start crying and I don't want him to see me having that moment. And like, for, you know, it's just something that like, I don't really go around on a daily basis, like con I don't have like a super in-depth understanding of what my higher power is or really care to necessarily. And I don't know, maybe that's something that'll evolve or change over time. But like, I definitely do have an awareness of it. And for me, like prayer really is, is, uh, is here we go, God, <laughs> you know, throughout the day. And it's just in moments like that. And it's in, in the ability to like be present today and to like feel that, feel the gratitude for like, for a, another chance to, yeah, at like a sober day here, that it's it just grows over time. I don't even really think about it. I don't know that maybe that makes me a bad bad AA member, but that's what works for me. Is there anything in particular you would say to a newcomer that might be listening, or maybe even thinking about coming into AA? Yeah, um, you know, I would say that I think what I needed to hear is that you know you don't have to keep feeling the way that you're feeling, that there is a solution, that we do offer a solution, that there are people, you know, I, in my experience, I've met like some of the kindest, funniest, smartest people in the rooms that I'm like really grateful to be friends with today, you know, and you'll learn from some, some people who have been where you are. And um, it is scary to be on the outside of that decision. But, you know, some of, I guess what I would say is like, what happened for me is that I showed up here, you know, I did what was suggested of me. 
I got so much more than what I asked for. You know, I wanted to just stop being angry about one particular resentment. And like secondarily, it would be nice if I could stay sober and stop drinking. And in return, like, you know, I've gotten a life I genuinely want to live. I've like been able to um, really show up in the relationships that, you know, matter most to me. You know, I, I have a sense of peace of mind, which like, you know, if you are feeling maybe like Alcoholics Anonymous is a good place for you, I think, you know, give us a shot, right? Like, what do you have to lose? Well, Donald, I want to thank you for spending time with us and sharing your experience, strength and hope. This has been wonderful. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Great job. Thank you so much for coming. We enjoyed it immensely. Thanks to Donald for stopping by. And thanks to you, the listeners. Truly appreciate your support. If you want to find us online, you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read about recovery on our blog at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. If you're listening on a podcast network that enables you to leave a rating or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. It'll help us improve the show and expand our reach. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.